G'day, hobbyists. Anthony, the coach here, bringing you the next episode of Down Under Sigma with the notorious villain, my co-host, as usual, Liam. G'day, Liam. Hey, oh, how are you, man? I am awesome. How are you? I'm great. I am great. Just buzzing um, right now. There's so much going on at the moment. But yeah. There, there's been a lot. There's been yeah. a lot, and I feel like my wallet is getting thinner and thinner every every article that GW publishes at the moment. Uh, it's like the year of like GW stealing all our money. It's messed up. Like I have had three of my armies now just come out of release, and now my wallet is just crying every time I post something. So, yeah, it's difficult. It's very difficult. Yeah. Now, I wonder if our guest is crying. So we have probably the hobby king uh, in Australia, if not the world, this guy uh, essentially has an award uh, created about him because he just keeps winning all the hobby awards, the terrain, the display boards, the army painting. He's just a legend in our scene. And uh, I'm super excited to chat to Blake Kerwick. Blake, say hello. Hey, everyone. How you going? Thanks guys for having me. Hey, I love so, that chair as well. Uh, that's actually my bed. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> It looks like some some amazing Iron Throne chair, but with pleather or leather. Oh, my mom thinks I'm like actually part of the Adams family. It's pretty good. My wife loves it. <laughs> you look like an absolute pimp with your leopard-skinned uh, pillow there. So <laughs> for anyone who doesn't know you because they live in a cave or they live overseas, who is Blake Kerwick and why are you here? Um, oh, you guys just asked me to come on, because uh, like I'm very hobby focused uh, in uh, Age of Sigma, um, so I'll try and make the most effort to try and make cool armies to set up to show off. Really, um, yeah, I just get obsessed with an idea and try and make something look cool, and take it to as many events as I can. <laughs> yeah, and it looks fantastic. I, Liam, have you played one of Blake's armies yet? I have played the Zip oh. one. That's right. Um, that was, uh, seems like ages ago now. That was it's almost hitting three years now. Almost. Oh, Is that uh, RCGT? RCGT two. Yeah. That was yeah. the same one. I think I played you at Anthony. Yeah, you did. Yeah, twenty seven yeah. Skyfires. Yeah. Yeah, that's right. You made so that's many right. friends. Hey, you know, like I think I was in a chat. I don't know if you were in. I know Chris World was. Everyone was like, "No one will do this army." And it was more of a no one not that no one should do it it's like no one would make it so i was like i'll do it chris welford cf said like someone's gonna do 27 skyfires came up to me before i was reducing goes i'm like what kind of prick does that and then i met you and i was like oh there we go <laughs> <laughs> that's all right <laughs> but trust I me could... it was like the more punishing to paint 27 skyfires than play 27 skyfires I, I couldn't talk though i had 21 crown of hunters i think it was was that the same event yeah, same event. I had 21 Crown of Hunters, and I remember no one was happy about it. So um, I just remember them disappearing off the table real quick. Yeah, it? yeah. <laughs> I, I, also just... remember, I also remember 15 Skyfires dying in a round of combat with a Carmine Dragon. But hey, who's counting? And, uh, let's be fair, that Carmine Dragon died, right? <laughs> I don't know, but it, it did kill a whole bunch of Skyfires, and it's right above me. So, Oh, mate, what? I remember you won that game by 60 points. It was, I, also, uh, it was I also think you were drunk, so... <laughs> Me see, drinking an event? No. <laughs> now see, I think me and Blake's game, I think it was like probably one of my closest on that weekend. And it did our head in, I'm pretty sure, because like 10 drives were like the biggest pain. I think we went and got drinks like before the last turn because we just didn't know what was happening. Yeah, so. we pretty much gave up. We're like, nah, yeah. whatever. Um, drives are pretty much going to decide the game. 
So but, if you yeah. guys haven't noticed, Le- uh, Blake is a legend in our community. So yeah, uh, very excited to talk about terrain, talk about custom building, uh, display boards, and kind of just trying to understand everything that you do so we can up our hobby game and, and at least attempt to compete with you at the next event, uh, unless you're banned from atten- for, for putting something down on a display board. So uh, that's the topic for today. Uh, I'm really excited. But before we get into our topic, let's talk a bit about the scene. What's happened in the news? Has GW done anything recently? And what do we think about what they've done? Well, they've been super transparent, like telling us that there was a little mess up with um, Sylvaneth release, which I thought was interesting. That's one bit of news, which I thought was super intriguing. Um, Just because crap happens in businesses and they were like telling us about that. That's one. But the big one at the moment is Forbidden Power, which I have not expected to release so quickly. Yeah, that's so super cool. So what, yeah, what do we think about Forbidden Power? I mean, it's coming out with some some terrain. It's coming out with a book with some endless spells. Um, they've kind of given some some hints and tips of what's going to come through it. Are we, are we excited? Yeah, I'm, I'm definitely excited. Death Death I, seems to be pretty cool with like Legions of Gash, Gravesites, and Nighthawk. Looks pretty sweet. Yeah, see, I'm literally just looking at it as like terrain material, like just literally looking at it for like basing material and stuff for like my bigger models and stuff, and just cutting it all up. That's pretty much how I'm looking at that release. But um, I'm literally looking at the images now of like how big they are. And yeah, I am pretty keen to crack it open. Um, endless spells though, I'm interested to see how they all work. I do know that they just released a video explaining what some of them do, how most of them are based on movement. Um, yeah, two, two of them are, are movement based in regards to speeding up or yeah. teleporting. Um, one like slows down movement and then, yeah. Yeah, which I thought was really cool to see. What, um, do, we think, what do we think of um, the Legion of Grief? So we're going to get a new, uh, I guess, Legion within Legions of Nagash. Um, that there was a little surprise because I thought they were trying to get rid of Nighthorn. <laughs> <laughs> like, as in, like, get rid of Nighthorn from Legions. But the fact that they go on, like, yeah, cool, we're just going to jam this in. Um, yeah, Nighthorn with Gravesides, that's going to... Like, is it a is it a way to legitimize uh, legions within the book? So, so uh, like, like, like Nighthaunt? I don't know. I'm not sure. But like, by the looks of things, like Nighthaunt, like I'm super keen to do an army of it now that that's a that's an ability. Um, but just like with like a little bit of the creep that's been happening lately with battle tomes and things like that, I think this is probably a good way to make Nighthaunt like jump up a little bit as well. I think Nighthaunt seems fine. Ash won an event with them, so that's sweet. Yeah. That's a Ash is a very good player. <laughs> but yeah, I'm I'm super interested to see more about that book. There's a lot even like some of the artwork that they're showing is just insane, yeah. which I think is really cool. Um, there's a lot of cool stuff happening in Death. You've got also the rumored uh Nagash, well not even rumored, Nagash is calling up an ally or Alinda's kind of finding an ally of Nagash who's coming back and some people are saying it could be Vlad, it could be um Aberash, it could be Krell. So there's this this rumored ally that's coming back into the fold, or maybe someone new, who knows? Yeah, I'm pretty keen for that. Like, yeah. No matter what, like I know some people will probably hope it's like Cetra, even if Cetra's not an ally. Not, but yeah. I wish. <laughs> Blake Blake knows this better than I anyone. Wish. Man. <laughs> <laughs> oh, what I'd give to have a tomb thing thing Tomb King themed army in Age of Sigma again. Oof, baby. Oof. You do have one. We'll yeah, I know. I'd, like, I'd like a legitimate battle tome one. Oh, I know I'm asking too much, but uh, it's uh, it would be great. 
See, like people asked for like as a joke, they wanted um sea elves, and they got it. So that is like, true. Like honestly, the more you wish about it, the more it's actually probably gonna happen. Just a Spe- sweet bone snake army. I'm down. Speaking of elves, we saw the well, maybe it's not an elf thing, but that we saw the lion as well coming out from uh, the underworlds. Yeah, that's some people cool. are speculating could be uh, the the like the um, the lion elves from the high elf series. The um, uh, with the lion rangers and there's the chariots that had lions on it. Yeah, could I, this what, like, be techless? Lions of I reckon or whatever it is. Yeah, I reckon it's techless because recently they were talking about in the Forbidden Power that Techless is heavily involved with all the Storm Vaults, so um, I reckon there might be something there. Um, because at the moment we've been looking at heaps about happening in Uglu, um, Ugu, um, with like uh, Marathi. Uh, the Deepkin, um, and Sonesh. So I think it's about time we look at Hish and start seeing some really like nice light elves. I think that's what they're going to start exploring. We do have the Loon Curse, which is the Loon Curse is also set in the realm of metal, so you yeah. might see a shift. Yeah, I reckon the realm of metal, though, since that's a Sylvaneth release, because Sylvaneth at the moment, Nurgle took over realm of life, so I think Sylvaneth have gone to another part. So yeah, we'll see. I'm yeah, I'm just super intrigued on everything and Forbidden Powers just opened up so many questions now. Like even though they're saying oh, we're gonna answer more, but I think there's gonna be more questions than answers. So yeah, which I'm super keen to see. But yeah, that's current news. I'm trying to think if there's anything else. Like Blink Curse came out, which was cool. Um but yeah, I'm trying to think what else is there. We've got some events that's happened. I know Blake, you played at uh BreezeCon, which was Australia's second largest event. Uh yeah. How, how was that? That was how many? I know it was it was a hundred players at Rego, and there was a few drop offs. How, how was it? It was really good. Um, it was a different venue this year, um, which was a little packed tight. I think we had to share with forty k this year, um, which is fine. Um, but the event was really good. Um, I got to play one person I didn't know, so that was cool. Um, <laughs> Statistically, <laughs> so, that's not right, but okay, yeah, that's it. But um, no, it was fun. It was um, I took the flesh eater courts for a run, or that converted flesh eater quartz army that i run uh, the dinosaur th- seraphon themed one um which was pretty cool but um yeah it was super fun i had like four wins and a minor loss so that was fun that's pretty good and yeah, the scoring was, was a little bit cool. different i saw than normal hey the scoring was a little bit different from what i saw yeah i actually really liked it because it didn't go off kill points for like anything um which was cool so it meant like some of the armies that you know can compete really well, but, you know, m- like might play the scenario better, you know, didn't get overshadowed by anything else that just face stomps things. Yeah. Um, that's what I found anyway, but uh, yeah, I really liked how it was scored. That's um, yeah. The sec, the secondaries were all really cool. Um, yeah. And just everyone I played that weekend was super pleasant. So for me, it was a really positive experience. So shout uh, out to TO, which was. Dave Kerr and Dave Kerr, the master. He was the master, uh, the back-to-back master. The guys won it twice yep. out of twice. That's it. He's the man. He's a little bit scared of flesh eater courts, but you know that's all right. I think um, most people are. <laughs> hey, Dave. Was he the um, only? Was he, was he the only person, or was uh, did he have more help? Uh, <laughs> he's probably got more help there. Um, but no, it was good. Uh, but flesh eater courts didn't win the event, so uh, fire slayers did, which was pretty cool. Um, Andrew Michael Wright is an OG Fire Slayers player guy. He was, uh, yeah, smashed it. Just quickly uh, before uh, I lose this in the chat, uh, I've been asked, is that a, an S&M chair that you're sitting in? Are you into bondage and stuff? <laughs> it, 
it can be. Would you like to come over? Uh, Tristan Gray, I think he's based in Canada, I believe. He's based in Canada. So uh, we'll, we'll hook something up here. Maybe CanCon 2020, come to the bondage chair. <laughs> he's a top bloke. He's a no Tomb King player. You play Tomb Kings. Yeah, that's right. I'm in the Tomb Kings uh, Facebook group and I see him pop up all the time. Yeah, he's a good bloke. He's a good bloke. Hi, but but uh, BruceCon was really good. Hi- Do you have a highlight match? Um, oh, there were so many, actually. Like, so many, like, amazing things happened. Um, my game that I lost was really fun. It was super tight. I played Gemma Shepard from the Foul Charge. She's in the chat um, as well. She's in, Hey, she's Gemma. In the- um, yeah, that was a super cool game. It was, like, really came down to the last turn. Um, so that was super tight. Um, and then the last guy I played, uh, I think his name was Carwin. Um, he's an old, apparently an old-school fantasy player, and he played Slanesh before the new tome came out. And he, like, destroyed like more than half of my army like first turn um and i like that uh tech gristle gore general that i was running he just basically did most of the heavy lifting for me in the like third turn of the game that's pretty crazy um just to scrape back a minor win but that that game was pretty tight um highlights i played uh a carriage and overlord player um which was probably the game i was most scared of playing because it's just I think it's a pretty bad matchup because it can just shoot you off the table. He's got lots of experience playing it too. Um, but I got super lucky with a double turn. Um, and that's the only thing that I think that won me the game. There was no tactical genius behind what I did there. <laughs> um, <laughs> oh, just admitting it's great. Nah, that's awesome. I gotta, may as well be honest about it. Like, <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, I played Matt Gammy, um, as you got, you guys all know. Yeah, Mr. Gammy. Gammy. Yep. Um, he's a very pleasant young man. Um, but he played his corn. That was cool. The Juggalord. The Juggalord. Um, once again, the Gristle Gore Terror Guys guy loves eating juggers. He's a big fan. <laughs> Taste of his palate's perfect. Um, and yeah, I played Stormcast first up, which was a mate of mine from Broad Beach, uh, Dan Bachelor, who played like a Stormcast army with a Star Drake and lots of Sequitors. So that was Solid. all long. Good weekend. Shout out to the, the Brisbane crew who turned out a 100% Brisbane tournament with Brisbane players. So well done to those guys. Uh, super jealous of those attendants. And I think we have a lot to learn. And funnily enough, we have Clint who's in the chat and we had Gabe earlier on in previous episodes talking about how they've grown an amazing scene in Queensland with, with you know, obviously the community around. So uh, yeah. that was epic. And Gemma's asked what's in the box. That is a box full of, that's four boxes full of terrain that I had lent to Doom and Darkness to run uh, Saggy T or SAGT. So it's back in my possession, and it might be at Sydney Slaughter in a few weeks' time, but that's all terrain. Um, Liam, have you played any games? Uh, I did Borders War, and I think that is it. Like, I have not played. Oh, no, I have played a game of fire against the new Fire Slayers, uh, Mike LaRue, um, Sydney chap. Um, he's been playing Fire Slayers um, when they were a massive horde, and then I went up against them of the new book. And Hearthguard Berserkers can go get staffed. <laughs> um, They're so brutal. <laughs> is the most, it, literally, he rocked up with like the toughest list. And I think it was similar to the list that went at BrizCon. And um, our game lasted for a turn and a half. You got done? I All my four big beasties died from Hearthguard Berserkers. Yeah, sorry, I, not sorry. Um, <laughs> like, the thing is, though, he had a Rune Father on Magma Droth that had a minus one wound bubble artifact. Um, the Hearthguard Berserkers could strike first and pile in twice. And um, 
yeah, it was just, and there's 60 wounds, and they have a four, they have five of them, four up save, and could go up to a four up armor save. It was just a durable, like, that is, that is one tough unit, and I would happily say one of the best units in the game in a unit of 30, because they are bonkers. Yeah, I just um, did a, uh, I just did a fire show slayer, as a fire show slayer. Fire slayer fire, show? Fire that still slayer works. Show. <laughs> yeah, it's like fire show slayer. It's like Jesse doing his fire shows. Um, I just done a, like a two and a half hour faction focus with two amazing fire slayer players. And there are some sweet, sweet, I think I was seeing that there's a, a list that you can do in a, in one turn, get, you know, your Hearthguard Berserkers down to a two plus and then a four plus vulnerable save with a re-roll to that. So there's some absolutely nastiness that's in that book. Yeah. Um, that people like Andrew Wright are only just kind of cracking to the surface. So uh, watch out for those guys. The cool thing about it is, is Fire Slayers uh, before AOS 2 and stuff, pretty much like early on was a Horde army. Like they were the biggest Horde that's army, crazy. but just did not die. And I'm pretty sure the play experience for even the opponents and the players was negative. Like, like I remember Team McDibbit was not happy after Tankrop. He was so bored of playing it. Um, and Michael, I think Reed, he's, I think he's straight back on that Fly Slayers train. To be fair, now I wouldn't wouldn't blame him because they're now not yeah. as many bodies, and they actually hit hard. Mm. So um, they're pretty much. I do like it how they've found that nice medium where they are supposed to be elite tough force. Um, but and honestly, if you're going up against Fly Slayers, you probably need a practice game or two before taking out an event with them because they are savage <laughs> um but that's pretty much the only game i've played um i'm just getting prepped for new zealand and that's it really so yeah cool i've played uh, a small uh, three game one day tournament over in gw miranda and that was really cool got to practice with some grots and uh, i found it really challenging because we were playing on four by fours so on a 1500 points and i had 120 grots so I had two units of 60 and I just couldn't, couldn't do anything. So uh, it was very hard to maneuver and kind of manipulate on a four by four. But uh, I think the, the, the worst thing about that tournament, a little event is I lost to the free people. I can't believe I lost to free people. Uh, this is my army. I'm the guy who holds the badges and I lost to my own faction. So uh, big props to that general who kicked my ass. I think it was Calvin, Calvin. Yeah. Um, so big props to him for taking me out. Cause I'm like, Bring shame to my family um but it was a really cool event lots of fun uh got to play a gordrak um uh, iron jaws list got to play uh zoran's nurgle list and then free people so it was really cool um very cool that's that's our games played it's a good mixture yeah it was a really good mixture um i didn't get to play fire slayers yet but uh funnily enough i've had an event uh, i think it was an eight player tournament 50 percent were destruction there was like a beast claw raiders cool. mixed destruction with like lots of ogres and uh, basically like basically ogre kingdoms um iron jaws then myself with grot so that was really cool i think everyone just wants a cool small destruction force just to move forward like that's that's the whole point of destruction but yeah i've been collecting so much destruction lately that's the bit before i've played any games with it but i've just been accumulating yeah uh, they could i'm i secretly want to get an iron jaws army but uh i need to hold back because i've got uh i was talking to some people on twitter today simon um who's going to bobo and he's taking a, a devoted of sigma army two thousand points and i'm like when those contrast paints come out by the way that's in the news i freaking love them i don't know who doesn't like the contrast paints but anything that gives us experienced players some hobby hacks or for new players to up, upskill themselves. Like this is, this is money. I think it's great for the community. 
do you, what do you guys think about the contrast paints? I think, think for like especially not just those because getting like an army paint up quickly for events is really good but for young bloods and teaching like younger people to get into the hobby it's such an amazing way to be able to get people to start to learn how some things can go and also you get them motivated to play games by having painted miniatures on the table too yeah. um like just from teaching people how to paint over the years and t teaching kids how to do it like sometimes some of those techniques just they lose motivation so quickly i think this is going to be one of those things where it's like instant satisfaction and i feel good about what i've painted i can move forward and start playing games yeah super keen uh my view on contrast paints is the only issue i have is the primer that they are selling with it i am worried about how it's going to deal with the aussie uh weather but there is a little trick that I've learned with the white spray, which I think can go into the new spray, um, which is super easy. And Paul Atkinson from Melbourne or Victoria tried it and he was happy with it. So, but the overall, I would be redoing my daughters if when those paints come out, um, redoing them and smashing out my whole new army list with them. Cause I think it's the a great idea. So yeah, like I'm, I'm all for it. Um, I had a chat to a couple other guys about it, like Nathan and Dan Brewer, and they say that it's gonna it's when it comes to like the competitors and this, you're gonna see a lot of people just pick up the new army and get it done in two weeks. And I said there's nothing wrong with that. It's just like you get to see cool armies quicker on the table. Like you're not gonna wait for three months or something to get see everything, like all the new stuff out. Like you can literally see all the new stuff quite quickly. So I love it. I think it's great. I've got I've got so many armies sitting uh, behind me and and above me that are grey that um, I've just haven't found the time and you know I keep getting inspired by new projects and you know that devoted army that I've had for two years I've had it for two and a half years and some of it backdates to my Empire Flagellants from fourth edition yeah. uh, my War Altars are Empire uh, from from the fourth edition fifth edition I'm never going to paint it because I'm always buying the new stuff. Yeah. Yeah. This will allow me to get to at least a tabletop standard. I can play with it, have some fun. Is it going to be my max point winning tournament? Because I've edge highlighted and I've done this amazing hobby. Probably not. But will I have it on a standard where I can play at an event and I can continue doing really good hobby on whatever it is? Um, yes. And I'm, yeah. I'm excited about that. I think it's good. I think as well, because seeing some people who've been testing it out on Warhammer Fest is you can see people, they've said like, oh, I got to tabletop standard in 25 minutes which I think is excellent for one miniature. 25 minutes is nice. Um, but then they also said I spent another 25 minutes to do the edge highlighting and everything else, and it just stepped it up in a whole new level where it just looked like a normal, the basic painting techniques miniature, which I thought was great. So, yeah. So the panel approves. We like the contrast paints. We see value for both yeah. old and new. Yep. I'm, I'm keen for it, and um, I'm interested just to play with it. Like, I do know I'm going to probably grab a heaps of practice miniatures just to play around and experiment um so yeah i'm all down for it and blake's down oh yeah downtown Downtown. cool before we get into the topic which i know we're all keen to get into because i really want to know uh blake's little secrets uh i want to give a quick sh couple of shout outs to the community so there's been a whole bunch of fresh content being dropped um over the last fortnight so measured gaming and doom and darkness both put out some battle reports so did creaky gamers uh, the Savage Northmen put up their list review for their amazing event coming up this weekend up in Cairns. Oh, um, I think it's it. Are you going to that, Blake? I'm so jealous that I cannot go to it. <laughs> I used to work up in Cairns at the GW up there and spent quite a few years up there. It'll be one of the best events. I'm so jealous I can't go. 
it's going to be awesome. I'm, I'm, I'm lo- really looking forward to watching uh, the all the pictures that come up. Um, Cinderfall Gaming, uh, our, our good friends Luke and um, and Andrew, they've put up a narrative show based on Slanish, which is on YouTube. By the way, all of this stuff is in the channel description below, so you can go find these videos. Um, and there's also been two podcast episodes, both about Border Wars, uh, one from Mortally Wounded and one from Heralds of War. So um, they've put out some pretty good content. And in the next couple of months, we've got Sydney Slaughter coming up. So tickets are still available for Sydney Slaughter. If you're not in Sydney and you're in Victoria, BadgerCon is uh, got tickets and Border Wars, not Border Wars, sorry, Lords of War in in, in Melbourne, the Dwellers. Yeah. Um, I think they've got a couple of spare tickets. So again, couple, links, yeah. links are down below. Go buy tickets, get off your ass. And also up in Gladstone, uh, we've got Sean Farley's got an event coming up as well. So get onto it. Solid. Um, I do know there's going to be some fresh content coming out of New Zealand where because I just recorded some of it. Uh, Notorious uh, did a cool, they're doing a cool series of like 25 minutes, um, mini series of um, people who are going to the event about like the hobby progress they did to towards the event. So that's coming out soon as well. So watch out for them as well. We had, yeah, some of the New Zealand lads on earlier in um, Down Under. So check them out as well. There's a lot of cool stuff happening. So uh, go make sure you're watching your favorite content creator. So yeah, I'm just trying to think. Like that's pretty like, much it, really. Like our, our, so Blake's like clearly like we're the favorite for Blake. That's why. Yeah, he's here. What? Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. All right, are we ready to talk topic? We'll, we'll talk about why we've got this handsome man from his S and M. S and M. S and M. S and M. I'm clearly not from that community. Uh, <laughs> why we've got this handsome man uh, on our stream, which is obviously to talk about um, some hobbies. So. How, how do we want to do this? Blake, do you want to give it an intro? Should I maybe pull up pull up the, the photos? Yeah, uh, sure, whatever. But yeah, bring us some pictures, I guess. All right, let's, let's, I'm going to bring up some pictures to give some credibility. I know we've kind of talked and blown smoke up this man's ass, but let's actually kind of show why this guy is amazing. So um, I'm going to pull up the screens. Like this is the suspense moment. Ooh. Do, 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 do. Are you ready? It's just All my right. BDSM right. videos, apparently. <laughs> All right. We good now. Here we go. All just right. Like, Let's yeah. present to everyone. Done. Yeah. Cool. So what you're seeing now, uh, you know what, Blake, you give us the intro. So what on earth is this crazy? <laughs> um, yeah. So uh, this is, a, uh, it obviously doesn't look like it. So I'm just going to say, uh, this is a flesh in a quartz army. Uh, it's a concept army that um, I wanted to make like last year because I always try and make something for CanCon. Um, and I wanted to try and make something fun that, uh, you know, had a bit of a theme behind it. There was some malign important stories going out that um, like, last year of where Seraphon were forced to start using spawning pools again. Um, and yeah, they, all the Seraphon that came out of it weren't like the celestial beings that they were. And they're all kind of carnivorous and mangled kind of deal. So I tried to run with that idea. Um, so yeah, look, the army, it came, it was like so many different things for us flesh eater courts to be fair. Um, but, uh, one of my boys, uh, Mac Amy was just like, man, you should just run them as flesh eater courts. Um, you know, because you know, like it's the big monsters that you want to run and you know i can sort of 
you know, fit this carnivorous theme with them. And I was like, oh, it's perfect, man. I was really trying to find something to slot it in for that. Um, so, yeah, they I just used different bits from Seraphon bits, uh, Lord of the Rings, uh, most of the, like, bigger miniatures around the center there that are uh, Cryptoras are made out of Mordor trolls, um, Arkelian guard eels, um, and different Seraphon parts. Then uh, the big monsters are all Archaeons. Um, <laughs> mixed with uh troglodons uh and was it just, and stegodon bits that i use there uh and all the little skink dudes are ghoul bodies with skink heads and skink tails um but i made most of them like blind um except for like the leaders as if you know they just came out and they're all deformed uh, but yeah the display piece came together in like a couple of days um just a so, couple of days <laughs> yeah yeah so the idea, like with these display boards uh, that get made, um, I make them together with my wife. Uh, we do it together as a bit of a hobby thing because um, sometimes being in the hobby, it's very like, uh, it, it can be like with everyone sitting around painting kind of deal, but it's, you know, it gets me and my wife talk, like talking, doing fun things together and has a project that we can do. So she helps me out with like dry brushing heaps of the terrain and things like that. And we draw sketches. She's very artistic. So I'll draw something and then she'll draw it 10,000 times better and be like, oh, okay, th is that what you're thinking? I'm like, yeah, it is, but you don't need to make me feel like shit, babe. <laughs> um, but, <laughs> but um, yeah. And then like, uh, it just all comes together. Um, like the Seraphon, like feral seraphon one in front of us here um there was like designs where the t-rex skull is down there to have like a giant portal with them coming out of it um but then i like found like these t-rex skulls in an aquarium i was like oh it could make it more like ritualistic and put that up there we had some tea light candles in there to like give effect to those fire coming out of it and stuff so yeah, it'll just, it's its a weird process where it all comes together. You go from like sketching things to like, you know, taking things completely off it and rebuilding. Um, but yeah, like it, it doesn't take much time once like materials and tools start getting put into it. So wait, um, there's more. This is not the only one you've done. Here's yeah. another example. So uh, this, 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 is, this is the army that we had the pleasure of playing at RCGT2, which is? Uh, this is that was my disciples of Zench army, um, so yeah, that was the twenty seven Skyfires. <laughs> uh, all the Skyfires are hiding in the um, what do you call it? the terrain pieces at the top. All the Karak acolytes were being used as marauders, I think. Um, so, like everyone yeah, else was doing. Hey, like <laughs> yeah, that's yeah. Well, they look amazing. Like Karak cool measures they're like <laughs> for how many you get in a box and like what you paid up to use in armies they're such detailed miniatures like every one of them could be a character miniature yeah they're so cool to paint um but yeah they definitely take some time um but yeah once again that terrain that board probably came together like that one probably took about a week to make um <laughs> we were like walking through spotlight like spotlight bunnings um are probably like i don't know the the places we go to to make display boards um they take a lot of money off us um <laughs> the display board sometimes costs more than the army um but those um two heads like tried to make fate weaver like coming yeah. out like lifting up like a giant rock kind of in space kind of deal um but those are like the tops of halloween scythes um those heads were actually dragon heads and um i just sprayed over them and like repainted them and added some feathers and doll's eyes on them to try and make them look a little bit more zenchian given that kind of avian theme um and yeah i just put a like a big uh uh roll like a poster roll in between there and uh that's what's holding up um the expanding foam which is the bottom of the rock and like then the top bits just a flat board foam 
Um, that's all all that is really. Um, I love how you said that's all that is. That's all that is. Oh, it's like, oh, it's like, it's easy. All. It's I like, only no, did fine. it in a week. Like, oh, you know, like, <laughs> I had, I had so help. casual. I had you don't know that some people, right? I'm pretty sure, like the CanCon, not the one that just went past, but the one before. Some people spent like months on their display board, or like like a month or something on the display board, and you're just like, yeah, it takes a week, and I'm just like. Uh. <laughs> Crap. it's just it, it just comes with time as well though like this is like one of the like the things i i used to like it was making display boards when i played a lot of warhammer 40,000 before age of sigma um so I, like a lot of experience making those means like when you get to do things now i guess it's just one of those things with time you get quicker at it yeah um yeah and you just yeah spend way too much money at bunnings <laughs> and, I think, and, and, and then and, and you know when i look at these pictures um they blow me away. You know, I've, I've had the pleasure of seeing them, you know, face to face and they are exceptional. And for me, you know, I watch a lot of videos like the terrain tutor. I watch, uh, I actually booked uh, back this Kickstarter recently. So, you know, for me, creating terrain, um, is something that I'm passionate about and I'm learning a lot But for someone like yourself, who's an absolute master, um, I really want to learn how you've done this. You know, because this doesn't happen. This doesn't happen overnight for the average folk. Yep. This takes a lot of creativity and thought and planning. And I had no idea that your partner was involved as well. So that was that was fascinating as a as an activity. Um, do you want? Is there any comments you want to make about this before we actually like start finding out how on earth you create something as beautiful and crazy as this? Oh, comments on what, like me and like doing it with my partner, or like I've just, I've just, I've just flipped over to oh, uh, Nurgle. to Nurgle. So now oh, we yeah. now run the, the Nurgle um, oh, display so board. There's two different display boards in the picture here. Um, the one on the left, um, the one with the drawings and like the realm gate up the top there. There was the story, and I, I think it was Quest for Galmaraz, like the big thick hardcover books that came out a couple of years ago, um, about, like Nurgle invading the realm of Garan. Um, and that's yeah, what I I like really wanted to make a display board themed off that. Um, I think that was the story. It was years ago. Yeah, it is. Yeah. Um, but um, yeah, I just wanted to make it like have like a bit of a story, like the Nurgle are kind of pouring out of it, kind of deal taking over. Um, yeah, I mean that's that's really the only story I read. That was like that was super cool. I'd love to do a Nurgle army themed off that, and that's just where the idea started from. Like a lot of the hobby that like I do kind of comes from stories and backgrounds within like the different realms of like age of sigma or warhammer 40,000, whatever it may be um so yeah if you're looking for ideas or whatever it is there's nothing better than the background i mean i think like personally like the reason why so like so many of the games are good and everything they do is good is because the story and the lore in the background that's what keeps me going and wanting to create more things so yeah. you seriously just answered one of my questions for you already thank you um <laughs> but yeah that's cool so cool to hear and like um the one that we didn't get to see um was your tomb king one yeah i can't find pictures of that anywhere that's really super frustrating and plus i couldn't get like i remember even when we were taking pictures it was hard to get a picture of because it was really long um do you want to just quickly describe to people what down a little bit like this yeah the picture quickly? um yeah, it was like, so the idea behind my Tomb Kings army was that Tomb Kings, you know, everyone's like Tomb Kings, you don't hear about the Magic Sigma for obvious reasons. Um, but the idea behind that army was that one was kind of mine, whereas if Tomb Kings did make it to Age of Sigma, they'd be reimagined by Nagash or something else. And it was more of a focus on um, the reanimate um, things within them. So my whole army was made of Necropolis Knights. Um, and like it had direwolves as battle line in it, which I made from frost sabers and the different heads from 
Morgast Archai and um, I think just Skeleton Steeds um, and painted them up jade so they were all constructs. Um, so yeah, it was more of the idea that Nagash had visited them and like, you know, in the image I had uh, like a snake Nagash, like half of a trigon body from Tyranids. Uh, and the top half of Nagash, because uh, in the background and theme of like the, once again, the uh, quest for Galmaraz, Archaeon visits all the different generals of chaos in a visage like that's, you know, matches, you know, corn or pests, Skaven pestilence and things like that. So, all right, time out, time out, time out, time out, time out. Time out. Well, I want to take a step back. Yeah. Rewind what you just said about Nagash, all right? Because some people may not have recognized what you just said. Oh. Slow down. What, what, what was your Nagash? <laughs> My Nagash is a um, cut-off Trigon. So a Trigon's a giant snake-like uh, alien monster from uh, Warhammer 40,000. So I cut him, I basically cut that off at the waist and then like green stuff and converted the top half of Nagash. So it was a giant snake Nagash. This guy created snake Nagash that was based in Tomb Kings, which is incredible. Um, we'll have to find a photo. I think I've got some photos back from CanCon. 2017 i think it was or 18 yeah, i can't yeah. remember but um like yeah, i think it was 18 yeah last year yeah uh, crazy yeah. crazy Thanks, good it was <laughs> it was awesome and i think that display board like made me want to like step up my game with like just the hobby which was cool that, like, uh, the thing is about like age of sigma like especially like tournament level age of sigma that we all go to um is like all the hobby that you now i don't know if it's like everything that we have access to now but like i don't know if you like i remember going to a lot of warhammer fantasy like events towards the end of eighth or even warhammer 40,000 events i went to heaps of those before age of sigma came out um the hobby was just not what it is now like we rock up to events even like cancon and other events that have like you must have a fully painted army like it's not just three color minimum and done kind of deal it's like it's uh, it's always usually a step above so having to go next level with the hobby now we're seeing that happen a lot more with people which is unreal i remember like, um at, at adepticon i saw i don't know if you saw the f pictures from i think it was david griffin um he had created like an Iden deepkin display board a two by two yep. and i reckon he used about three to five uh liters of uh resin, resin to yeah. create this massive uh body of of water and waves and it was uh, the the hobby has really gone strength to strength you know really like a display board's not like a macca's tray with a piece of foam <laughs> like, no, no like, <laughs> like the the level of of display board is is getting ridiculous uh you're seeing uh electronics you're yep. seeing uh, fog machines you know. like <laughs> heaps of shit yeah, um just quickly uh tristan just asked did you convert your necropolis knights uh i did so my necropolis knights um like while I use stalkers for some of them uh, and then I converted instead of having the skeleton dudes riding them uh, and this was for CanCon I actually used Necron Triarch Praetorians or Lich Guard bodies and took their heads off and gave them um, the bird heads from the skull kit um, and then cut off Tomb King's top standards to give them crests to make them look more like um, yeah reanimates so like statues that have come to life solid yes. um and yeah and going back into that i was seeing like the hobby level and displays i remember i think i saw on um armies on parade at one of my local stores someone did like a smoke machine and they um the it was like a zeech theme like 40k one and they had the whole display board spinning on a pillow oh, that's cool 
Now, Anthony, you know this person, Nat? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, she did that whole spinning board. And I just remember she brought it into the store and I just looked at it. I was like, is there much point just like doing anything? Like, do we just give you the awards or anything like that? Like, what? So, what, so Liam, get this. At Adepticon, there was a guy who had a margarita machine in his display board. So, it was a Skaven, um, it was a Skaven board. So, the backboard um, had like this concoction of like, um, uh, I don't know the exact terminology for Skaven, but you know, like, <laughs> Now they like manipulate and like they yeah. put the juices in and like junk up their rats. Um, but basically, long story short, he had this amazing like pillars or, or tubes of this um, green kind of concoction, but it was actually margarita. And then once the painting had kind of been judged, there was actually a little spout at the back. So he was able to pour the margaritas and was just giving it to people. So I'm like, oh, like where do, you, where do you go from here? Like, <laughs> I don't know. Like, make one mixed with spice rum. I don't know, something for Liam. Like, I don't really know <laughs> how to, like, we already talk about like how we drink a lot at events. So that's just supporting it even more. I've never drank at an event. That's... <laughs> <laughs> all right. All right. Well, let's finish with the lies and let's go to the truth. And let's cool. start let's, right let's... at the start. Cool. Yeah, we, so... we, we've just talked about these amazing ideas. Uh, and there's, there's so many that we probably can't acknowledge because there's just so much on the, on Twitter and Instagram and, on Facebook. So I'm going to start the, the picture and ask you, where do you start to get these ideas? And you've kind of alluded to law, um, some law stories and things, but like, where does this all come from? Like, where does it start? How do I get these ideas? Um, for me, well, it, it's obvious. I think it's different for everyone, but for me, like I try and think about, I, I like building towards something. And I think that's what we all like building to, whether it be army lists and things like that. So I'll think about, what's in the army first like uh what would make a great centerpiece um what would make you know really cool uh battlefield units like try and have something big something medium size something small size army wise and then i'll have a look and draw up like a background where everything was situationally um, and that way you can kind of work around your army rather than have like your terrain or display board not fit in with it if that makes sense um, yeah. yeah, I'll always try and think of an army that I'm enjoying, um, or that I'm liking the lore of, or that, you know, whatever it may be, and then try and think of, well, in my mind, you know, what are they doing in, in the lore, in the background? Where are they? Where are they coming from? Where are they fighting? Um, what's their story? And you're like, to me, a display board should tell the story of your army as well. Not just here's my army all marshaled together, ready to rock and roll. Um, you know, this is where they're coming from. So there's effectively your story yeah your army tells the story and your display board tells the story of your army yeah so that's that's how i start to think about something like that and then i get then i go to bunnings and i price up things <laughs> and buy a lot so yeah when it comes to um like before you go to bunnings and stuff one sec oh yeah when before you go to bunnings and stuff like do you just dive into the project and get your hands dirty or do you better do a research of the techniques and skills you want to do for that display board no that kind of just happens on the fly for me so yeah um, cool. yep so like i'll like have the idea draw it up um like i'll sit there i'll talk to like my partner about it and we'll draw something down and be like well we can use cork for this we can use uh expanding foam for this expanding foam i pretty much use in every one of my terrain pieces um i don't like if i had a 3d printer i would probably be about sourcing more things from those because i think that looks so much better um, but like using expanding foam is one of the best things I think you can use in a display board because it fills up space. It's easy to cut into, um, and you know, it can 
be adhesive wise with like lots of other different materials as well. Um, that can give you really good height um, on your display board if that's what you're looking for. Um, and, you know, being able to cut into it and make your own terrain from it is just, I think, priceless really. Yeah. Okay, cool. So like, so before you get to Bunnings, there is a planning progress and you were mentioning that you guys just draw up, you and your wife draw up a whole bunch of um like ideas and sketches and stuff. Like how yeah. long does that usually take on average, like oh. the planning process? Like, is it like two or three drinks and you're done? Or is it like... <laughs> <laughs> if we're measuring in drinks well yeah one um like it's like um it doesn't take long um like really it's like well you know how like i'll usually draw something and if it's too ridiculous um you know it's really good like to have someone else there to tell us yeah. um another good shout out like this might not be part of a planning process but you know obviously connecting with your peers and things like that's really important um you know your, your gaming group for example like my my boys in the mango mafia um, like they will tell me straight up as well if I'm being way too ridiculous um, and it won't work um, or if not or like don't be shy about your hobby like put it out to people and like ask for ask for ideas and things like that as well um, yeah. but yeah in the planning process like drawing something up you know that can take someone ages man it can take someone for, like forever long like I used to sit and like hang on it for like months back in the day when I used to make 40k ones yeah. um, but like now like because I know how to build this. Um, it can take no time at all. Okay. Um, yeah, I'll draw up maybe two, three sketches um, and then just go, which one out of those looks the best? Pass it off, show it around. Um, you know, like, you know, usually it'll be like, the, the middle one's the way to go. And everyone will be like, yep, let's do it. And I'll be and like, yeah, I can make this. Just for our international viewers, Bunnings is a hardware <laughs> store. So it's the equivalent to, I think, a Lowe's in America. Uh, just your average hardware store where you can buy, you know, nails and tools and, and boards, like MDF boards and foam and um, things like that. So, yeah, for us in Australia, yeah. it's like a, a really large, I think it's like a Lowe's in America where it's like yeah. this literal like massive warehouse full of everything you'd need for um, for your your house and your home and garden stuff. So, um we, they also we have rad buns. snags as well. So you can go there, get yourself a sweet sausage and a bun. And <laughs> I mean, that's half the reason you go. It is actually. <laughs> now, so pretty much you've done the planning process and everything. Now, let's just say someone wants to get into doing it. So you're going to go to Bunnings. What is the key tools? Like what's your favorite tools to use, materials and everything to get your hands on to get the whole project started? So you talked about expanding foam. Like what else is generally on the shopping list to go grab? Uh, just flat MDF. Um so you like they offer a server they as well so they to size which helps yeah um so just i like have found reason uh, like you know the last couple of years that making a backboard for your army really helps as well because it like actually profiles your miniatures against um, something backwards so people can see it a lot better so it brings it to life a little bit more i find um so getting two pieces of mdf cut i think is really good um i always pick up um pva glue um because like once again, like if you're using mass amounts of flock or anything else like that, that's amazing. Um, what else do I get? PVA glue. Is there any particular cutters or anything or? Not really. Cause it's usually all cut for you kind of deal. Yeah. Um, so as long as like you've like lots of PVA glue, expanding foam, uh, like the cork. So everyone probably knows the cork that you buy at Bunnings to cork base your miniatures with like the cork board yeah. flat tile. It's like 13 bucks for like five sheets. Um, like copious amounts of that usually find its way onto my display boards. Um, it's easy to use. It gives good texture um, and you can do things quickly 
um, and what's it's really easy to paint too. Okay. Um, actually, that reminds me. Like, if you are looking for things there, like um, like base matte spray paint, um, just to put down base coats for your army, uh, for your display board, it's like there. It's like nice and cheap. That's what I use. Okay. So now, what is your favorite project that you've worked on? So, out of all the display boards, which one has been your most like enjoyable one so far? Uh, the last one, the Feral Seraphod one. Uh, yeah. Like that project's been by far my favorite. I'm still working on things for it. Um, I'm not looking to play it anymore, uh, but I just want to fully flesh out the army. I bought another two Archaeons, um, <laughs> so I can have five. Um, and yeah. then, um, and then I've got five carmine dragons now to convert up because i've just made some terror guys out of like uh carmine dragons and terror guys kits and lord of change kits so that's the that project and that display board was by far my favorite to do okay, by the way you are looking at the the richest man in australia yeah uh, like, just, no, just fyi I just just make terrible decisions with money that's that's how it is like um, something that i do i don't know if you find value i find it definitely when i'm creating terrain as opposed to a display board but I use a lot of um, house paint um, yep. and specifically uh, at least Bunnings um, can match colors. So I will take in my, like my GW colors and yep. I'll get them to match paint, you know, Mornfang Brown or Mechanica Standard Gray and some of those colors for my terrain, especially if I know for my tournament terrain, for example, where they're going to get bashed and be thrown around and they're probably not, you know, really, really um, looked after. Uh, yep. Do you do you use those types of paints, or are you more acrylics and uh, more of the art paints? Uh, that's a super cool idea, by the way. I've never thought to do that. I just uh, I just empty those Citadel paint pots and start dry brushing. <laughs> it's a lot of Citadel paint. Uh, paints for like the backboards and things like that that are done with a roller. Uh, those are just Bunnings acrylic paints, whatever they have lying around. Um, uh, try and use obviously, like you said, paints that look kind of similar um but yeah i just use the citadel paints for dry brushing and things like that after the base uh, matte spray colors have been put down on my foam uh on my foam what i what i'd often do is i will uh do about a 70 20 or 20 70 30 kind of mix of uh 70 house paint and then 30 percent um pva glue or elmer's glue um, so I can strengthen uh, that initial first coat as well. So the foam is protected for when I go on for my second and third layer. Layer, yep. um, but that's for me who's creating purely off um, off styrofoam. Yep, solid. Cool. Now, what would you like? What do you rather? None or Agrax? Like this is a serious question. Decide like how quick and dirty you make things. So what is like the one go to like paints and stuff that you how go quick? to? How dirty I make things. You see my bedroom, Liam? Um, no. <laughs> um, like, <laughs> it depends. Uh, like, pretty much Agrax, but like, yeah. if I'm doing like lots of metal things, I'll mix the two. Yeah. Okay. Yep. Do you use Do you use Agrax or do you go to an art store and get um, uh, brown ink, black ink, and create your own wash? No, I just use Agrax. He has an ever never ending supply of Agrax from the sounds of things. If, if so it's should, like. Should... Oh, if it's like if I'm using a lot of it on a terrain piece or something like that, I'll just like dial with water get going. Okay. Uh, the reason I ask is um, this happens to be um, on my hobby desk, but um, so because I was doing a lot of uh, terrain for Sydney GT and obviously got lent out, um, I bought this one pot of uh, black ink. It's just Liquitech ink. It's black. 
um, mix it up with some um, just some water or um, some some um, different things, um, and it, it's an amazing wash. So yeah. um, I, this is I think this is mixed with like isopropic alcohol, yeah. uh, so it dries really quickly. But also it means that I'm not using millions of dollars of Nam oil. Um, yeah. I'm not as rich as you, Blake. <laughs> Definitely not rich. Just sorry, sorry um, two, two, two archaeons and four carmine dragons. Well, and he's already, archaeons, bought, he's already bought three archaeons. Don't don't forget that, Anthony. Like he's already had three. Um. Now, do you find your display boards are getting bigger and bigger? Like, do you feel like this is a never like stop kind of thing? Because I remember when we first like we saw the Nogu one was quite tall, but it was very like thin in a way. Like it was just flat and it was mainly off the thing. Then we saw yep. the um. The gash one, which was very much like lower, like but longer, and then you had the big, as you saw earlier, the Zench massive one, and then your Seraphon one was like, "Cool, I'm gonna just screw all of you and just do go bigger and bigger." Do you find like they're getting bigger, or do you feel like? Um, like- I, don't, I don't know. My the the Seraphon one wasn't as big as the Team Kings one, um, and I think it was still smaller than that uh, Zench one. It just depends on what you like. It just depends for me um what's in the army like in that army like for the seraphon one it had three archaeons so you want something a bit bigger to be able to show those off a little bit more um you know different levels like having an archaeon miniature like towering over the rest of your marshaled forces looks a lot more impressive kind of deal when it's up a little bit higher so the display board needs to be a little bit bigger okay. um yeah the zench one for example like the only big key piece in that was the um, lord of change yeah um so while he was out the front of the army because like the, everything in the army except for the battle line units pretty much f- uh could fly um so them up a little bit higher on uh terrain scenic pieces like makes for a little bit better viewing i find so it once again it's just one of those things that depends on the army um the tomb kings were all on bases that were sunken into like a flooded temple um so that's why everything was a lot lower in that one okay so now, like, I do have an idea of something pretty ridiculous next. Um, so I was, we'll I was just going to ask, what is the current planning for the next one? If you want to share, uh, I'm not gonna. Uh, I like. I really want to make them. I've been making them to go to CanCon. Yeah. Um. So um. I'm not entering. I don't want to enter the what is it? The best army award this year. Um. I told Clint and Travis that I wouldn't. Um, so I'll, I'll planning it for the, the next king. Um, but I'm going to do a flesh eater quartz army. That's actually looks like flesh eater quartz army. They won't be big dinosaurs. Um, so I've got okay. something planned for that. Okay. That's cool. So, so can I actually, there's a really good uh, point there that, um, for CanCon, you travel, you travel two state lines to get to CanCon. So when you're traveling to an event, you either potentially, and maybe this is maybe a, a future consideration is if you were going to fly to a tournament uh, or you are traveling like you are, what are the considerations that you have to, I guess, consider or build around if you were going to travel to an event? Um, well, if you fly, you got to make sure that you've got enough cash for uh, what you're putting in the heavier luggage section of the plane. Um, I only had to do that once. Um, but, yeah, make sure that you've got enough room in your car or you've got really rad mates that uh, can take them down for you. Um, this year, I think, uh, the guys from the failed charge, um, took my, um, army down for me. Thanks guys. Appreciate it. Um, and the year before, uh, one of my mates, Chris took it down in his trailer. Um, so if you know people that are going down 
come with terrain and things like that or have some room you know buy them some beers give them some cash <laughs> get them to take it down for you but if you are traveling you are flying just make sure you've uh, sought out what you're going to be putting your display board in and how much it's going to cost you at the airport because if you're not ready for that it's pretty rough yeah because you know like uh, and, I, and i think about this because of adepticon which was i was flying with a display board and getting yep. a two by two display board is essentially impossible and if i did it's going to cost me a fortune so yep. thinking about i know some people cut their boards into a, like a one by two and they kind of combine them or mm -hmm. They, um, I've seen display boards that kind of like fold up and, um, or it's like you, instead of it being one solid piece, it can come together a, a lot easier. Yeah. Um, and also even just thinking about how you transport it so it doesn't get damaged or even you can quickly repair it if you see scratches and things. Yeah, make yourself a little travel kit for damages as well. Like it's one of those things. Like you always have super glue clippers and things like that on you for for your own miniatures when you rock on down those events. If you've got bigger things, like like will need your attention on your board, um, and make sure you got some PVA glue with you or something else as well. Um, I have a little kit that I take down with me when I go down to CanCon things like that. I, I um I use things like um, a hot glue gun. Um, yeah, some things. Um, I have a hot wire cutter, which essentially is like this um, piece of hot metal for people who don't know this. It's like a little handle with a piece of hot metal that you can kind of carve your foam. And uh, while it releases some gases and obviously, you know, safety first, have a mask on, it helps create some really interesting shapes for um, for your terrain. Do yeah. you use anything else like that, like a Dremel or any other particular hardware or um, tools that someone may because I had to buy them the first time. I had to go out and buy them, and now I've got them for, for future use. Yeah. A, sand, a sander. Like, what, what else do you use? Yeah, I've used a hot glue gun. Uh, hot glue guns are handy. Um, I wish, like, I I need to get myself a hot wire cutter because they are super handy and the effects that people get out of that are really good. And I'd highly recommend that to the, to anyone that wants to, you know, carve out big hill sections and things like that really quickly because, um, like, those are invaluable, I reckon. Um Apart from that, like that's pretty much all I use, man. Like if you've got like, um, sometimes you use liquid nails. So one of those little liquid nail guns, pretty, pretty handy. Yeah. Sweet. I'm learning yeah, so that's... much. Like, <laughs> are you actually? <laughs> I actually am. I was like, just like, I feel like I need to go to Bunnings tomorrow and just buy oh, a whole bunch of just, stuff. Just, just walk around and like grab yourself a snag, maybe two. You know, walk around with a pasito and enjoy the ambient atmosphere of Bunnings. It's good. You, you picked the right drink, by the way. It's a good choice of drink. <laughs> It's a good time um you also mentioned aquarium before liam's question really quickly you mentioned aquariums earlier on about the skull and i noticed yeah. on your seraphon you also had um some Sera some uh, aquarium like uh plants yeah um, so like not just pet st pet stores can be a little bit pricey for things like that um but like if you go to spotlight spotlight's another incredible place you can go for um, train building or display boards as well. Um, they have like really good priced, like just uh, foliage and things like that. So, you know, on a larger scale, um, you know, they're not, they're not good for like using on your miniature bases or anything like that, but using on a display board, it's perfect. Um, that foliage is rad to go for. So spotlight plus if like Halloween, like Halloween every year, if you go to Spotlight and you want skulls, they sell bags of skulls that are like medium to large size for like 15 bucks. You get like eight of them and bone spine pieces. Like Age of Sigma is all about it. Like yeah. just go there and you'll set yourself up for years if you go down there. I still have like bags of bones lying around in the uh, shed. 
Phone bones, not legit human not bones. Legit just bones. to clarify, no. like don't report Blake to the police. Cool. Not the not the BDSM bed bones either. <laughs> Liam, you're going to ask something. Um, yeah, you've pretty much answered all my display board questions, but I was going to mainly talk about terrain quickly because Blake, you when you were actually in Brisbane, you spent a lot of time creating terrain for the community. Was that right? Like. Um, me, uh, like uh, Alistair Webster, like uh, he works in Brisbane as well. He like he does way more than I ever have, and his terrain's incredible. But um, yeah, we did quite a fair bit. A lot of the um, Brisbane tournaments use a fair bit of our terrain. Yeah, because since me and Magro talked about like how the community comes together and stuff, so hearing about all that, and then also if they, I knew that you did heaps of terrain stuff for the community. So when you were doing that, because I remember you, I saw some of the terrain that you built, like, and some of it was inspired, like, inspired me to do some of my terrain like that, like the double realm gate, like the big tall uh, yep. screw off realm gate with some trees and everything. Like you just look, like I looked at that. I was like, I can't, I'm going to try and do that when I get back home. And I did, and I did all right. Like it wasn't amazing like yours, but um, when you're doing like custom terrain, do you just, she's like pretty much just grab things together and just hope it works. Like similar to like what? pretty much like it once again it's different for everyone like everything i do is kind of on the fly like i think if i ever sat down and like plan things out a bit more and like even like went next level with painting more like everything i do is super quick um you know it could be a lot more amazing but i just find like especially with the age of sigma kits from games workshop and things like that for terrain all of it just goes together so well yeah um like even for conversion opportunities like the new azurite ruins and things like that easy um yeah just give just pick it up and give it a go like it can be legitimate just like building blocks when you're a little kid and put them on top of each other and be like yeah that kind of works cool. and yeah pretty much like dry brushing is your friend yeah when it comes like to dry brushing i like i'm like super stubborn i need to get myself an airbrush um but yeah like i, I, dry brushing, I, brush, I remember i think we spoke i think it was like earlier this year i asked if you're using an airbrush yet and you're like nah and i'm like okay cool you're still doing it all by hand you poor bastard yeah <laughs> It sucks, especially when you're painting armies for people as well. You're like, this could have been over so much longer ago. <laughs> uh, I think, um, I think uh, something that's worth calling out as well is, um, you know, we talked about inspiration, but I know I draw a lot of inspiration from Google Images, Pinterest, um, looking at, um, you know, hobby videos on YouTube. Um, what else is there? There's so much. So many images out there within the community that I've drawn um, inspiration from as well, from a law point of view, or even seeing how people have combined different terrain pieces. Um, it sounds like I'm not a creative genius like Blake is. Um, that's, a, that's a very tall order. <laughs> you're like a mad scientist. Um, but I, I, I wanted to call out that, you know, that, that there's so much imagery out there that you can draw inspiration from already yep. and then put your own spin on totally. it. Totally, yep. Uh, uh, and Hayden Walker saying that you are his inspiration. Oh. <laughs> Thanks, mate. Just get yourself a sick bed like this. You'll be all right. <laughs> and this, and, and, and Twitter as well. I forgot to mention Twitter, you know, hashtags on Twitter, um, you know, especially like the, the Neos or the um, the narrative guys, they put out some amazing um, hobbies. So um, like uh, there's a guy called Bish or Bish Master, Meister who does, and Steve Foote, there's just so much cool stuff happening. So Use your Instagrams, your Pinterest, your, your uh, Facebooks. I, I just want to give that a call out because um, uh, I draw a lot of inspiration from it. And when I'm thinking about ideas or I have this like, oh, I've got a rough idea of building a cave. How do I build a cave? A quick Google search kind of goes, oh, I don't really like that. I like how they've done that. And I can see some stuff. Yeah. Yeah, totally agree. 
like we're influenced every day by things on social media. Like it's just easy to pick up. Yeah. Instagram for me is a huge one. Definitely. Um, I follow lots of people that do terrain building or just uh, concept armies. Um, and that helps out a lot too. Anyone you would shout at at this point that um, maybe they're not following, or maybe if I was going to start this journey, I would like to look at. I was do JP Miniatures, um, I think on there, like that dude's conversion stuff is just out of control. Um, love everything that he does. Um, I follow him. Uh, that's, that'd be my main one I'd shout out to. <laughs> A few but, ones uh, that I, sorry, go on. Oh, just also you like local hobby heroes as well, man. Like uh, everyone we're already connected to, like, it's not even just being able to look at things, just put out your ideas and never be scared to ask, is this like, you know, what do you think about this? If you've got an idea, um, talk to your local person that runs your store or wherever you go to, um, you know, you'd find inspiration in the best places. Um, I, I fear that I would give a shout outs to would be um, Mel, the terrain tutor uh, on YouTube. He is uh, incredible. Um, he just, I mentioned earlier, he just put out a book on Kickstarter, which I've backed. But I remember learning a technique from his YouTube where he uh, he, he um, gets a piece of like aluminium foil, you roll it up, and then when you roll the ball against foam, you actually create some nice um, nice t uh, like curves and you kind of soften some of the, the cut lines and yep. makes it more natural. Um, That's cool. There's a guy called Miscast Terrain. I think he's based in Melbourne in Australia. Yeah. He's awesome. He's good. Um, I actually draw a lot of inspiration as well from the um, – from the railway guys, the guys who do their, you know, the, um, the trains and their miniature Woodland trains, Phoenix. like, yeah. Yeah. Woodland, uh, Woodland Phoenix I get a lot from as well. Plus all their hobby gear, like most of my stuff you'll see, there's lots of water, water effect, uh, like Woodland Phoenix realistic water, super easy to work with. Um, like, in a, you know, you don't have to use resin all the time kind of deal or like the pouring resin from your local tool shop or whatever. I always like gas myself out of my kitchen once using that. I mean, it's a great yeah. time, but I wouldn't recommend it all the time. See, I think where I drew most of my inspiration from is like seeing like battle reports online, like seeing a lot of like the custom stuff people make and everything out of it. Um, I do know when I went to like, I know a lot of people don't have access to this in Australia, but like when I went to Warhammer World, that like drew so much inspiration for me, like for what they do. So seeing like the white dwarf terrain and stuff, because a lot of the stuff that you see there is like custom done by like the design studio. Um, but yeah, like I know when I did my three pieces of terrain for CanCon, I literally was just like putting things together, just hoping for the best and just custom building stuff just because I was like, cool, I want something a bit different that stands out and um, just makes the boards look a little bit better, really. I love that there's an award for that at CanCon as well and, so, and some other events as well for terrain. Um, oh yeah, you know, like it's it's already amazing. Everyone's being able to bring their three pieces of terrain now. But you know, the people that go next level and theme it towards the armies, it's a really cool idea. Like Ben Spinetti's Deepkin one was insane. Yep. Like, yep. like I wasn't even thinking about like how Deepkin would do it. And he just rocked up. He goes, I just made a wave and just put Azerite ruins to make it look like the ways. I was like, God damn, dude, God damn, it's good. Like those Azerite ruin kits are like everywhere now because they're just so easy to use, which is good. It goes back to your original point, Blake, about thinking about your army. Like when I look at my display board, where is my army from? Yep. And if I'm looking at uh, like, let's say a realm gate, or I'm looking at um, any GW piece of terrain, let's say it's a Warscry Citadel. I'm looking at this as like, say, let's say a Gloom Spite player. And I'm like, if Gloom Spite was to have this, um, this, this piece of terrain, what would it look like? Would it look yep. like this? No, probably we have mushrooms. If an orc player had taken over, well, potentially that orc player 
um, would have seized it and there'd be battle damage and there would be, uh, they would have boarded up different things with um, like, like little wood pails and, you know, they would have orcified it. Yeah. So I yeah. think if you keep that in the front of your mind, you're like, right, what, what was my army? What would they have done in this situation? Um, that's, that's invaluable. That, that keeping yeah. that at the front of your mind yeah, totally. um, probably unlocks so much opportunity. I mean, like Games Workshop, they give you, like, for most armies so far, like, they have a terrain piece now. Like, that is something for you immediately to start building off from, from your armies as well, or even making the centerpieces. Like, it's becoming easier and easier now. Just draw on those individual things and build off. That's great. That's really good. Now, Magra, I've got one more question, uh, but do you have any questions before I ask my final one? I mean, you can ask away and I'll, I'll, I'll ask more. Like, so my biggest question at the moment is like, um, what is your biggest drive and where do you want to explore more with this part of the hobby? Like with the building terrain and, um, boards and just to make yourself better. Cause like, we always want to get better at what we do. So like, what is the current drive and like, what do you want to push more when it comes to this part of the hobby? Um, just my drive is just completing uh armies um like i have just like just displays in my house like as we, we all have kind of deal like i've got the same kind of display cabinets as anthony has there in the background um and i like at the end of the day just being able to see something that i've created um at the end it's like a feeling of accomplishment which yeah. is a lot of fun um but yeah like what are my plans to get better um i really do want to get an airbrush uh, and start playing around with that i need to get myself that y car that i keep telling myself to go down and grab which i never do um so those are things i need to start getting better with um that yeah. i think that will motivate, like push my hobby to a you know a further place like you know a better place i guess um or just to be able to challenge myself with new techniques um i think that's what the hobby is all about um, if you know, if you ever stop and think, you know, I've made it, this is where I need to be. I think you need to keep going. You're wrong. Yeah. Um, but yeah, uh, that's what I need to do. Um, yeah. Um, I need to get better at carpentry for the next thing that I'm making. So we'll see. Right. Okay. Now that just makes the, I like what your idea is like more interesting, but you have to get better at carpentry. Okay, cool. So a question, a question I got from spooky Luke from measured gaming is, uh, any tips from combining a horde army and a large scenic base without drawing? too much attention to the board because uh, he's obviously concerned about the board drawing away from the models, especially in a horde. Um, yep. What advice would you give? Advice would you give spooky Luke? Uh, I think like depending on like, like layers with your army kind of deal. Like if like I've thought about doing some horde armies as well, um, you know, the whole, you know, you look at heaps of movies, like you know, a bad example, because we're talking about Age of Sigma, but, you know, Starship Troopers with like all the bugs are like running down or like across yeah. terrain pieces and things like that. So if you have like big horde units like that, that give a swarm effect, um, do that. Um, personally, one of the things that I've seen like work well for other people in the hobby, um, I've done some of my Tyranids as well, is if you've got them, uh, put the miniatures, like your horde units on bases of bigger units, if you have them as well, to make them seem like they're swarming around the bigger things. Um, that way it puts a more focus on the idea that, you know, there is a, like a living carpet or something in your army that's just running forward. Um, so yeah, like, you know, get uh, experimental with your basing. Uh, and once again, like add like, you know, just little layers kind of deal. Like if it's like, not, not like a sloped hill because your miniatures will fall down, but like even enough with like, you know, a mill drop like a stair kind of deal and just have them you know just kind of moving down that still puts more of an effect on your horde units gives you a bit of height and it gives it like movement um that's if that makes any sense to you at all i'm sorry but yeah no no, no um, that's perfect that's, that's perfect. good yeah 
Um, That's good. I think there was another question. Tristan Gray had asked, um, should he source dry ice or a fog machine for his um, effects? Um, I'm not sure, man. Probably a fog machine. Uh, I think that's probably easier to deal with depending on where you're going, I guess. Um, I think you need, like, from my experience, like, do you need a power outlet to run, like, many fog machines these days? Ah, sure, you can find one at the event. You'll be fine, Tristan. Yeah. It's pretty backup like, generator. Fog machines yeah. now, because they can see, like, when you look at, um, like, water fountains and stuff, that's usually powered by, like, some little thing. So you can just, like, I'm sure yeah. there's, like, a way to do it, but um, I've seen, like, fog machines, like, in, I think there was, like, heaps at Adepticon or LVO, where people were just doing cool displays with just, like, heaps of special effects on them with neon lights and stuff. So, yeah, I've seen, um, I've seen, I think it was Seth Cook um, from New Zealand had got his gloom spike, um, yeah. his loon shrine, and he'd cut out the eye uh, of each of the loon shrines and put a little LED light so it would glow. That's uh, cool. That's, that's, yeah, it's such a small, small little thing. It cost him a few dollars for the little LED light, but um, yeah, it's just a nuisance to do. Yeah. Yeah. It's <laughs> just a nuisance, but it looks cool in the end. Like, I was it really does. happy with that result. But yeah, that was a common thing with some of the Loon Train stuff. We haven't seen too much with like the new terrain piece because the Gloom Spike one was one of the it's first huge. big ones. Yeah. So, but like with the current ones that are coming out, like I'm, I think we could see something similar with the Fire Slayers terrain piece, where like people just make it look like a hot pizza oven. Um, but like Flesh Eaters and stuff, and there's some other um, armies where they just don't have the capabilities yet to like do that but i've seen some cool stuff with the throne where people are just making it look like with crackle paint and everything and make it look like it's just coming out of the ground that um, um that new terrain piece that's coming out in forbidden power like the bone bridge kind of deal that yeah. looks really cool for flesh eater courts from like the artwork of um like in the flesh eater courts it's heaps of those giant ones with all the like uh bones sticking out of different walkways and things that'd be rad to do a terrain piece with that yeah or even, or even like terrain to like come up towards that way like kind of yeah. like rising up I, I i may or may not have a large 3d printed version of that that i can do so <laughs> oh that's cool so uh, i got a second 3d printer the other day so uh uh, to my to my left is uh, I'm printing out like a madman, so maybe that will come out. Um, but I wanted to call out as well things like eBay. Um, I and I'm looking at my room right now, so this is where I'm hiding all of my terrain. So I'm building a lot of terrain for for my next event that's coming up in a few months. So I've got terrain literally everywhere and lots of hobby. And there are there are so many products. So I don't know if you guys can see this, but someone's selling these bricks of MDF. They're like literally like little small brick, not MDF, um, of foam, but I could make ruins or I could make pathways or I could make things that are so, so easy. And that cost me a few bucks. Yeah. Um, I'm pretty sure that's saved on my thing as well. <laughs> I look at, here's another thing. Like I bought this um, aquarium mat uh, came from China. I think it cost me two bucks, two bucks posted for all these kind of pieces. So um, like I'm looking around my house, literally filled with so much crap, but um don't get stuck, I guess, thinking about just, you know, what's available to me in front of me. Like there's so much on, yeah, you go, I go into spotlight. I go into like arts and crafts stores and, you know, knitting stores and you'd be surprised to see what they've actually got. I've seen people go into those. Um, I don't know what they're called in America or in England, but you know, there's like those, uh, like those teenage girls shops, like um, uh, they sell like really cheap jewelry, like those oh, one dollar, yeah, yeah. two dollar, like those bracelets, those little trinkets you can kind of break off a trinket, and they, those little tiny little things can be amazing, um, 
like sparkling um, treasures or you can use them in so many different ways. Um, like think differently. And if you think, I think what you said at the start, which was think about your army, you'll start to see these little things that you didn't see Before. the way. Yeah. Yeah. Like, I don't know. I think for me, like Anthony's seen my, um, my whole flesh of the court army, like in person where it's just the basing isn't the generic basing for flesh of the courts. Like it yep. was just like custom done and stuff. And now I probably have to make, if I do want to start, if I am still taking flesh eaters to the next three events or something, I do need to make a display board for it. But, um, I've made sure that like when I do my basing, that if I decide to do a display board for it, it's just so easy just to match it. Um, and just keeping it bare simple. Cause for me, it's like transport. Like I'm already fitting my, like what I'm already thinking my car is like three pieces of terrain, my army, and like three or four other people's army who just tag along in the car because not everyone drives in Sydney. So it's just like, so I have to make sure that my display board is literally able to be fit and then I can just hide it and store it away. Um, and just the tools that I look for is just something where I'm like, cool, I need something that's really easy that I can get done in a week or two. Um, cause life gets in the way and I can't do it in two days. Like Blake can, <laughs> but yeah, like, I don't know. There's just, from what I've learned is like, you just pretty much use and like using the skills that you already know. And then just like, like pushing it to another level. Yeah. Yeah. Um, like, don't, be scared. don't be scared to go big. It's fine. Yeah. I, I'm, I've been trying some crazy ideas. Like, so like, um, some other shout outs, you know, there's this little bottle here is, is essentially water in a bottle. So you can create water effects. Um, this was from Vallejo. So there's lots of easy ways to create water effects. Uh, I'm looking above here and I've got, um, I've got epoxy so I can create a mold. So if I've got something that I want to like reproduce and I've created something and I want lots of them around the board, um, maybe I've green stuffed something and I want more of them. I could create a master mold and then, um, and then replicate it. Um, maybe I find like a really nice rock that I want to put on my display board, but I clearly don't want this big, heavy rock. I could create a mold, use that expanding foam that Blake was talking about earlier and then create a light version of it. Um, use spackle to kind of harden things up as well. So um, there's just so much available. I think um, when you start to kind of dig a little bit deeper into this world um, and you probably know why this room is full of hobby crap because my wife would, would scream if it was out in the front, but oh, yeah. you know, oh, I feel that. Yeah. But uh, yeah, fuck. I've just learned so much shit. Um, so I'm trying to think if there's any other questions, but you pretty much answered everything way too well, Blake. Awesome. <laughs> um, Blake, if I was going to, if I've watched this video and I'm like, I'm now inspired to, to create my first terrain piece or maybe my first display board, what would be your, I guess, your parting advice and your, you know, words of wisdom to this person who's going to start for the first time? Uh, just think about the story and theme of your army, uh, where your army belongs, where it comes from. Um, and you know, draw some sketches, um, and then take a trip to your local hardware store or your local spotlight. And you know, don't go in there with the intention of like, of of what you're looking for. Even just you'll find some of the funny, like strangest things in there, and that will give you inspiration. Um, but yeah, I think the most important thing, like that's always kind of worked for me, is just think of the theme and story of your army. 
Great. And Tristan, Tristan's asked me about um, how to do epoxy molding. So you can buy um, very, very simple um, to, to create a, a cast. Um, actually, oh, is it still here? Oh, here's something that I, I love. It's a bit crazy. It's this blue stuff. It's I think it's literally called blue stuff. I know green, green stuff world. Um, basically what you do is you drop this little, these little um, blue things into a pot of hot water and then it becomes really sticky and then I can mold it around. So like what you're seeing here is I molded this around a mangler squig face so I could see if I could green stuff a mangler squig's face. So I could kind of convert and kit bash and, um, but creating a mold is super simple. I, I've got, um, some Lego, um, and a $10 Lego pack from, from a kid's store. And I cast all my molds in Lego cause I can build like a little wall and, um, it's, it's crazy. It's fun, but more importantly, you know, there's lots of things you can do to kind of really bring out your army. So sorry for stealing a thunder, Blake. I just nah, man, I saw a question really in the idea. chat around, around casting. Cause that's another thing, creating resin and, and using dental stone to, to make up um, terrain pieces or rocks or whatever. That's cool. Um, inspired Blake now. I'm going to get me some blue stuff. Yeah. This, this stuff's great. I think it cost me like 10 bucks. Um, it comes in like these four little, um, like little, like it looks like chalk, like these, these little bars and you literally put it in hot water uh, and then you manipulate it. And um, what I'll often do is I'll split it in half. I'll create like um, a flat bed and I'll put whatever I want to mold. Let's say I wanted to, I don't know, whatever. Like I want to mold something and then I'll put a second layer, squish it down. It opens up and then I put my little green stuff or my, um, or my, uh, what's it called? doesn't matter. Let's just say green stuff. Yeah. And then I can, I can literally recast, um, something really simple. Cool. So, but yeah. I'm not, I'm not talking about like stealing GW's ideas and recasting <laughs> some of the new, the new terrain. That's not what I'm saying. Um, but, uh, if you, if you just buy one terrain piece and you can make multiples, is that what you're saying? I'm not, I'm not saying that you want to recast the, um, the Griffhound statue at all, uh, cause it's flat and it's easy, but, uh, that's, that's another question. <laughs> Um, Tristan got a question, making a display boards modular, is it worth the effort? So like making them be able to like pack down. Yeah, totally. If you've got the time to do it, like, and you've got like, I don't know, the know-how, definitely do it. Like it's like, it's easy ways to make that modular and sit together when you set it up for the, like, so when you set it up at an event or anything that still looks like one big cohesive piece. Um, and you know, if you know, travel is hard for you to do, definitely do it. Yeah, it's brilliant. Pack it's definitely a consideration if it is yeah. going to travel. Uh, all my, like, but except for the uh, big Zench one um, that I did, all of those uh, were in two pieces. So they always were flat, could stick together and uh, get taped up. So it uh, saves space as well. Sweet. This is great. I've learned a lot. Liam, you learn a lot? I've learned a bit too much. My head's hurting. I know Spooky Lucas said that he's going to win CanCon now because of this advice. Yeah, uh, I think he said, <laughs> I think he's challenging Blake. Uh, you challenge me the year after next. I'm not entering the next one. <laughs> so I, I, will, next I, I will say no. Gaming. Sorry. Is next CanCon just for gaming? Oh, it's just for beers. It's okay. just for beers Solid. and throwing chat. Like. <laughs> I will admit though that uh, something you said earlier on was was really fascinating to me, and that was share your ideas with your group. Uh, and I say this because a lot of people, when they're building the display boards, they hide because they don't want people to know their, their crazy ideas and beat them. And you're actually saying the opposite, which is share your ideas, get feedback, talk to people, 
you know, get their ideas and incorporate them. And um, I think that's a brilliant idea because I don't see enough of them, um, whether it's list design or even, yeah. you know, creating their own pieces of terrain, like who cares, be the best version you can be and share. And I think that's where how we all grow as a community. Like, I think, yeah, because I feel like if you're hiding your ideas and stuff, it could just fail a bit more. Like if you're just hiding and like you're not getting the full support that you need to do well in it. Like I know when I was building my display board, told everyone my idea and everyone was like happy to help me. That's like, tell me how to improve it in other ways. I just like took it all on board. I was like, yep, cool. Sounds good. Like I remember um, Tim, um, the GW Sydney manager or ex Sydney manager, he heard about my idea and he literally said, just come into the store and I'm just going to help you do it. Like we're going to, we're just going to like get this done quicker. Cause he knows that I'm the most impatient person ever. And he was like, cool, we're just going to get it done. And like, cause I shared him with my ideas. I'm like, this is my idea. This is what I want to do. He goes, cool. We'll just smash it out in like a day or two. And I was like, sweet, perfect, done. And um, yeah. And it's like, same with like list design stuff. Cause I know that you Mango Mafia boys probably share your list ideas before an event and stuff. And then just critique. So we do the same with hobby. Like that's our group. Like in saying that, like, I think they like, there was a post for display boards for CanCon last year. Um, mine, like as I said, got, got done in like two or three days. So I didn't post much of mine, yeah. um, but I was posting mine in the chat, like every day kind of deal and being like, Oh, should I do this? You know, what about this kind of deal? And they're like, yeah, yeah. no, yes, no kind of deal like that. Um, so yeah, definitely. Um, games workshop stores like as well, like obviously be biased on that because like they just so helpful, man. Like, I, when I did my like first display board, um, I was just, I think, uh, just started in the Brisbane city store and that's actually kind of what kicked it off. Like there was an army on parade. I never thought that before, but I just got really encouraged uh, by the staff there to do it. Um, and yeah, I think like I went up to Cairns a couple of years later and we had like a in the store competition kind of deal to see who could get more armies on terrain boards, uh, parade boards. And we got like over 20 in Cairns or something silly like that. And like Cairns compared to other, you know, places kind of rural. Yeah. Um, so we even had a competition with, I think, Bell Conan down there and we beat them. Um, so, you know, go down there, be inspired by other people and, you know, have a chat to the people that, you know, know the background lore about it. Like, give it a go. Now, that, there's actually a really good idea. You've got the Armies of Parade website, which also has lots of historical armies yeah. from not only last year, but previous years. So yep. um, that's good inspiration. Liam, are you going to ask the question from the chat? I wasn't going to ask a question in the chat. I was just going to bring up about how Blake said, go help your GW store or go to your GW store for more help because RCGT too, there was a particular um, competitor who was a customer of yours who you helped his display board and didn't he come second? Uh, to be fair, I didn't actually help him. Uh, this was the young kid, yeah, James. Young yeah, young kid. He was, yeah, James, he was he's... awesome. Yeah, um, him and his dad, like, uh, I think he saw mine kind of deal and we had a few chats about it, but they came home, like, after a weekend and, like, they must have bought, like, way more cans of expanding foam than I did. Um, <laughs> but, like, you know, they, it was so, like, pleased and happy. He had light effects and everything and I was so proud of him. It was awesome. Yeah, um, I remember because he was one of your customers and it was just, like, hearing about, like, how you kind of helped him or, like, guide him, like, not fully built it for him, but, like, guided him yeah. in a way being like do this way do this way and he came second like it was i was like okay cool like this kid just smashed it like out of the park and he was like 12 13 i think james was about 13 then. yeah 13. And, um, if, you, if you're watching this james this kid throws more smack talk than anyone in warhammer age of sigma scene so i'm not uh, afraid to say this i think james. beth big would would give a run for his money 
Mate, this kid is just next level. So I don't even feel bad about this for James. <laughs> that time. Uh, <laughs> All right, maybe the last question before we wrap things up, unless someone throws a burning question. So the eager outcaster said, how do you decide the scale of your terrain? Uh, do you make it simply smaller, slightly smaller than the models that would fit? Uh, or would it be the same size? Like, how do you think about scale? Hi, James Sharbin. Um, so, <laughs> um, uh, it, look, it really depends on what is in the army. It's one of those things. Like, I try, um, try. is this like the actual terrain pieces or are we talking about the board that's being built? Because He specifically it, said terrain. Terrain. I try and use just the terrain that's available. So, um, for example, like the last board, uh, with the Feral Seraphon, the Azurite Ruins are a kit that can be built small or large. So yep. why don't you buy yourself a kit that can do both? Um, that way you can convert up or convert down. It's totally up to you. See, what I'll say, what I'll say on the situation is um, when you're researching terrain, especially when you're going outside of Games Workshop, um, you realize that uh, Games Workshop products are not... So our, our game is 28 mil, uh, but it's not a true 28 mil size um, game. So it's, it's called Heroic 28, which is essentially almost a 32. So I was saying to Liam before we jump on the stream that I've been printing a lot of 3D printing, but I'm not printing it at a, a 28 mil scale. I'm printing it at a 32 because Age of Sigmar and 40K is very much a game of um, bigger than bigger than life. Like it's, yeah. you know, it's, it's absolutely at scale. It's massive. It's not bolt action, which is very realistic. It's, you know, crazy, big, huge, epic scale. So um, uh, yeah. I'd probably say go bigger than smaller, um, unless there's, I think Blake's already said as well, like unless it's something specific you want to draw out. So so like the the um, the horde stepping down, for example, is just to create an effect. I know like most people don't always probably want to agree with me as much, but like looking at, like you want to look at competitive scale and stuff, like GW makes terrain to make their game look better. So like looking at the scale of their terrain, like how big they do their towers and stuff, like the um Wall Scribe Citadel, that's a huge piece of terrain. Um, but it's still that scale is good. Like it's not like like they could have gone bigger, but like all the towers and stuff and everything, like that scale there, and also the Sigmarite Molodism kit, like the Garden of More kit, like for idea of scale and stuff, like that's how I look at like how big to get my terrain, like when I'm buying terrain, like MDMF terrain and stuff. Um, I always want to make sure that it's like at a similar scale to GW because it just, that's how I look at it for getting stuff for a board and display board and stuff. Yeah. Like just GW has done a good job of making their game look good. And our hobby, like for what Blake's doing, he's just making it look even better is, <laughs> um, but yeah, it's sort of pretty much like, that's how I would do it. It's just looking at the GW thing. And Love it. it just says, James, that means you have to build terrain. <laughs> <laughs> all right so let's let's wrap up this show blake if people want to chat to you more where can they find you on the interwebs um i got uh instagram snake daddy um you just type that in snake will come up um and my name's just blake uh, if you find me on facebook that's the easiest way i have to i'm not like i got twitter but i don't use it i'm finding it really hard to navigate i'm old right. um, so go to but... instagram that's where you want to find the snake daddy yeah that's it Love this. Liam, you learn a lot? I learned a lot. 
like I learned a lot a lot and um now I'm keen to see how New Zealand goes next week with their terrain since they watch our show and see if they've learned anything quickly. Uh, it might, might be a bit hard to kind of build a, a tournament terrain in you know they can do it in two days. Well yeah that's Blake. Blake's like uh, in two days. It's a challenge ter- for them. Terrain terrain Jesus. Um <laughs> this has been awesome. I've learned a lot, some things for me to consider. I appreciate your time. Thank you for jumping on and dropping yeah, all of these knowledge. Uh looks like the chat really enjoyed it. Um, next fortnight, we're going to have our next show, which I'm really interested in because we're going to have Dave, the master Kerr and Jordan, Jordan, uh, Burgess jumping on and talking to us about their transition from 40 K to age of Sigma. And they've both been actually really successful. Jordan's just had his first tournament came second. And, and obviously Dave Kerr is the back-to-back Australian master. This guy is the king. So, we're going to talk about their transition and how they um, they came over from diff- from the game and what they've learned along the way. So um, it's going to be good. Be fa- I'm just talk to Dave about flesh hitter courts. It'll be a really interactive and fun session. Really? Will it? Okay, cool. <laughs> All right, let's not right. trigger the master. I might get, uh, Jordan, get Jordan, smited. Jordan, the same. Don't worry. <laughs> he played in one weekend. He played flesh hitter courts seven uh, – Seven, five, seven times. Seven times, almost. Yeah. Ooh, he played practice it? games, so he played What's practice games, and like four of his, three or four of his games at the event was fleshy. Of course, he was sick of it. Like I've okay. never seen him so angry about. He must them. be really good at fighting them now, though. With all that experience. Uh yeah. He played me and Chris, and um, I think after that, he just was like, "Cool, I know how to beat them," and he did really well. So. Oh, good. There you go. Oh, Stay tuned. Next fortnight, we're going to have two legends talking about their transition from uh, 40K to Sigma. As I mentioned earlier, down the channel description is going to be all the content and all the events coming up uh, in Australia. So check it out and support your favorite TO and content creator. Until next time, chat to you guys later. Blake, thanks again. Thanks for having me, guys.